Last Monday, I got up about 4 a.m. in the morning. I made myself, I made my way to Gebeka. I met some friends at 4 in the morning and we started running. It was the first time that I would ever run a 42K. And we started running at 4 and we ran and we ran and we ran until about 8.15. That's about 4 hours and 15 minutes that we ran. I did not get 42 kilometers. I got 38 kilometers. At 38 kilometers, my feet were throbbing. At 38 kilometers, I was in pain. I only had four kilometers to go, but I couldn't reach the four kilometers because I was, I was not capable. Sometimes we dare for more but we achieve less. And sometimes we dare for, for those goals. Uh, we dare for those dreams. We, we dare for uh, those plans, but our, our daring to, to, to achieve, our daring to get there actually leave us, leaves us less than what we actually wanted. I, I'm here to tell you that failure is not fatal, nor is it final. Failure is simply a bump in the road that sometimes requires us, check this, requires us to adjust the angle on how to handle. And sometimes failure is a bump in the road that requires us to, uh, to, uh, to slow down at the bump and figure out uh, why was not I able to make it over. But sometimes I find that uh, we can get to the 42 kilometer mark in our lives we can get there with our jobs right we can get there with that that promotion we we can get there in our family life we can get there with our health we can get there with our intellect and our study but we end up stopping at 38 kilometers when we have enough strength to make it uh, to the end and i believe that some of you listening to me just have four kilometers to make it instead of daring for more you are settling for less. Instead of climbing the hill, you are going down the hill. And I'm here to tell you that it is not uh, in the Christian's uh, purpose or destiny to end at 38 kilometers. God has created you. God has made you. God has envisioned for you to reach the 42 kilometer mark. And I'm here to talk to those who are daring for more. And I want to settle you and encourage you that keep pushing and keep moving. But I'm here to unsettle those who are daring for less. And I'm here to tell you that you need to push a little bit longer. In this new series, which I'm calling Dare for More, I'm going to teach you about the complexities of failure and faith. I want to show you the matrix of how faith and, and failure are supposed to work. I want to annex you from that defeatism that you have in your mind when, when you think, oh, I can't do it or oh, I'm not good enough. I want to propel you to the heights that God has envisioned and has intended for you. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter number, uh, chapter number 13. To verse number number fourteen and verse number nineteen. Once again, Second Kings, uh, chapter thirteen, verse number fourteen uh, to nineteen. 
Today I'm going to be reading from my own translation. I'm calling it the Henry Temple's version or HTV. I felt the need to look at this text in my own with my own eyes to kind of to kind of get the the message. And so, if you're not comfortable with my own version today, you know, read your own that you're comfortable with. But once again, Second Kings, chapter thirteen, verses fourteen to nineteen. The Word of God says. Elisha was sick with a sickness which he would die from. The man was on his deathbed. Joash, the king of Israel, came down to see him, and he wept upon his face, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its rider. And Elisha, verse number 15, said to him, Take a bow and arrows. And he took a bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Draw the bow with your hand. And he drew the bow with his hand, and Elisha placed his hands on the hand of the king. Verse 17, And he said, Open the east window. In the Bible, the easterly, easterly direction is always a direction of salvation. So he said, open the east window, and he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the deliverance of the Lord, and the arrow of the deliverance against the Arameans, and you will strike, I want you to catch this, and you will strike the Arameans in Afik to smithereens, or completely. Verse 18, and he said, take, take the arrows, and he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. And he struck the ground three times and stopped. Pay attention to that. He struck the ground three times and he stopped. And the man of God was angry at him and said, if you had struck the ground five or six times, then you would have struck the Arameans completely. But now you will strike the Arameans three times, three times, three times. You could have defeated them completely, but now you're only going to defeat them three times. Dare to faith. Dare to faith is a sermon label this morning. Let us pray. Oh, God. I thank you because of the genius of preaching. Uh, and I thank you for the genius of giving me a mind to think. And I thank you for the genius of giving my brothers and sisters the ability to hear and to listen. And I ask you to make a spiritual geniuses today. Give us thinking, the thinking capability to be able to understand you better today. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Joash decided to make a trip from the capital of Samaria to the residence and the home of Elisha, the prophet of God. When he gets to the house of Elisha, the prophet of God, the spice of, of emotion pierced his tear sack and he started to wail and to cry with 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 emotion and there he uttered the sad song my father my father the chariot of israel and its rider here in this text we are made keenly aware of our achilles heel each one of us each one of us as long as jesus doesn't come is going to be on a deathbed and Elisha is on his deathbed. You see, death is the sting that stings all of us. Death is the virus that contaminates all of us. Death 
is the predator that preys on all of us. But I'm so glad that it is not death that matters. What matters is how you live. It's how you lived that becomes most evident when you die. Hmm. Let me give you truth right here, right now. It's how you live that formulates the life story at your memorial. When you are at your memorial, when you are lying in that casket, when you are there, people talk about what you lived for. They remember the things that you did. They remember how you, you, you were a nice person. They remember how you gave them money when they needed money. They remember what you did. And so right now, listen to me, brother and sister, carefully. You are writing the pages of your memorial story. Right now, every day that you live, you are creating a story that somebody is going to tell about your life. And I'm glad this morning that when Elisha is laying on his deathbed, the life story of Elisha is that he is a chariot of Israel and its rider. The life story of Israel, of Elisha, is that he was so great that he was a one-man army. He was a one-man demolition crew. He was a one-man fighter. He was that guy that people looked for and looked to. He was that guy people went for advice. He was that guy people asked for all-night prayer from. He was that guy that carved his story on the stones or the statues of Israel. And I wonder if you will carve your story on the statues of people's lives. Or you're going to be forgotten in that dark, cold cemetery. Here is a man who lived in such a way, so powerful, that people could say that this is a man who is a powerhouse. And the testimony is coming from the, 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 the highest man in the nation, the king. And here I see that Joash saw the impact of Elisha on his life. And here he's crying, he's sad because he can see that this giant of a man is about to die. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter the accomplishments that you achieve. It doesn't matter how great you become. It doesn't matter the position in which you, you, you reach at. But death comes upon all of us. You know, I expected when I read uh, the life of Elisha, just like Elijah who went up to heaven in a chariot. I expected Elijah, I mean Elisha to be in a chariot and go to heaven. But no, no. Very anticlimactic climactic here is a man who is so great, performs more miracles than Elijah, but he's there on his deathbed. But oh, I'm so glad that on his deathbed, it is a peaceful bed. Because he was not sad about what he didn't accomplish. He wasn't sad about what he didn't achieve. He wasn't sad because he, he didn't take that opportunity. He wasn't sad because he never wrote that book. He wasn't sad because he never traveled to that place. He wasn't sad because he never did what he planned for in his life. This man lived a life of success and on his deathbed we can see that he was a man who dared for more. 
A man who achieved more. A man who grasped for more because, listen to me carefully, because he allowed God to write the preface and the introduction and the body and conclusion of his life story. You are only going to succeed, my brother, my sister, if God is the one who is writing your story. If God is the one who is writing the chapters of your life. If God is the one who is writing the paragraphs of your life. If God is the one who is writing the sentences of your life. If God is the one who is choosing the verbs and the nouns and the prepositions of your life. And I wonder this morning if God is writing your story or if... You are writing your own story. Elisha was a man who dared for more. And because he dared for more, God used him to achieve wonderful and amazing things. It is from the hand of Elijah that dead boys resurrected from the dead. It is from the hand of Elijah that a woman who didn't have money and she was empty and she was broke that she was able to eat. It is from the hand of Elijah that his ministry made such a great impact that it changed the history of a nation. And the thing about Elisha is that he understood that I need to tap into God's power and God's ability. It's not about my ability. It is not about my capability. It is only what God can do through me. And it is interesting to me that the words of Joash, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its writer, it's interesting to me that Elisha repeated the very same words in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 12. He repeated the very same words that Joash spoke to him on his deathbed. And he was talking to Elijah and this is what he said. My father... My father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. I, I, I'm wondering and I'm thinking to myself, as Elisha is on his deathbed, hearing these words, he is thinking about his mentor, Elijah. And he's like, oh my goodness, I, I have actually done it. I've actually achieved the purpose that God has placed in my life. I've actually gotten to the place that God has envisioned for my life. And you see, when you can get there to know that God has actually used me to the purpose of which he intended for my life, then when you are lying on your deathbed, you are not regretting, you are not sad, you are not grieving, but rather you are at peace. And here Elisha is a man at peace. And so you see, brother and sister, I need you to understand, when you dare for more, when you dare to achieve more, when you dare to high, to, to go higher, you are going to be a peaceful woman and a peaceful man when that day is going to come. Uh, the reason why I'm here talking about death is because sometimes we don't live as if death is a reality. But last week before I even preached, uh, I, I attended a memorial service of a friend of mine back in, the, in college. This friend of mine, we used to talk and we used to laugh and, and joke and all those kind of things. But last Sabbath, my friend was no longer there. But when I listened to the testimony of the nurse who saw him breathe his last, the nurse said this, this man, he was smiling and he said, you know what, God, let me go. That's what the nurse heard. And so here is Elisha, a man who dared to, who dared to live for more. And he has this king who comes to visit him, Joash. Joash is sad, but Elisha is not sad. In fact, he is, he is glad. And so 
I believe that in this story, Elisha tried to give Joash a piece of, or what I call the art of daring for more. When you look at verse number 15, uh, Elisha tells Joash, he says to Joash, take a bow and arrows. And he took a bow and arrows. Now I wondered to myself, why a bow and arrow? You see, today, a bow and arrow is, um, is not used in warfare. Today, we talk about uh, AK-47s, and we talk about F F-15s, and, and we talk about machine guns, and we talk about tanks and, and, and nuclear weapons. But in the time of Elisha, a bow and arrow was, a, was an, important, an important piece of equipment in battle. Because a bow and arrow, check this, don't miss this, a bow and arrow was a, a ranged weapon. A ranged weapon is a kind of weapon that you can fire from a distance. And from your distance, you are able to attack your enemy. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. Do not miss this. This is, this is not going to be something beautiful for you. You see, a ranged weapon allows you to hit your enemy from a distance. You don't have to engage in hand-to-hand combat. And the reason why Elisha talks about a bow and arrow is because in his life, he had mastered the art of fighting with a ranged weapon. Elisha never got on the battlefield. He never fought a day in his life. But he defeated all of his enemies. He defeated armies. In fact, a king of Syria said about Elisha, this guy seems to be in my council room because he knows everything that I'm doing. But because he had learned to fight from with a raised weapon, he was able to defeat his enemies. And I'm here to tell you that when you dare for more, you need to learn how to use a raised weapon. You don't have to fight your enemy at close range. You can fight your enemy at a distance. You can fight your enemy with what I call the long range uh, weapon of prayer. You can go on your knees and pray to God, Lord, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen at my company. You know, me and my, my, my fellow co-workers, we don't get along. You and me and my boss, we are at loggerheads. Me and my family member, we are struggling and, and fighting. But Lord, I need you to do something for me. And you can pray in your house. And God is going to send an arrow and actually defeat your enemy. And you don't have to raise a, 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 a fight. You don't have to, uh, to, to, to raise your fist. And this is what Elisha is trying to teach Joash. Joash learned to fight from a distance. You don't have to get involved in the fight. You can fight at a distance. And brother and sister, hear me carefully. If you are to fight uh, the fight without getting in the fight, if you are to fight from a distance, you need to learn to use the sword of the spirit. You need to learn to use the belt of righteousness. You need to learn to use the belt of faith. You need to learn to use the spear of trust. Because when you use the weapons that God has given us, you will actually succeed in the fight in which you are intending to fight. And so when you dare for more, listen to me, my brother and sister. This is beautiful right here. Learn to ask God, God. I'm in a struggle. God, it doesn't make sense, but please help me out. And when you do that, God allows you to go to a higher level and you're going to succeed. You see, when you fight with a ranged weapon, when you ask God 
to help you. You are not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. Mm-mm-mm. See, this is when I wish I was in church because I, I need some something. You know, I'm, I'm giving you something. I need something right there. When you fight with God in your corner, you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. Have you ever watched? Uh, have you ever watched your team after they have already won the game? Elder Ray, have you ever done that? You've you've watched the Lakers after after the game is over. Now, you know that they have won. And when LeBron James commits a turnover, you don't get frustrated because you know, even though he committed a turnover, the game was won already. So when we fight from victory, we begin to understand that God has already won the fight. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to stress. God is with us in the fight. And so you may... You may be struggling in your head. I don't know where I'm going to get the money. I don't know where the health is going to come from. I don't know where the intel is going to come from. But because you're on team God, you know that you already have the, the what you need. You already have the resources in your hands. So he learned how to fight from a ranged weapon. Or Elisha was teaching Joash, you need to fight with a ranged weapon. Then in verse 16, look at this. Elisha says to Joash, draw the bow with your hand. And he drew the bow with his hand. And Elisha placed his hands on the hands of the king. Now, 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 please, uh, man, I want to get comfortable real here. uh, Check this situation. Elisha is a sick man, meaning that he's about to die. But he tells Joash, take a bow. And aim. Now he puts his hand on the hands of Joash. It tells me, (laughs) it tells me that Elisha got up from his deathbed one more time to stand behind this king, his spiritual son Joash. And I imagine Elisha, sick as he was, tired as he was, but he got up. And there he mustered up the strength. And he, uh, you can even hear him probably sighing. Uh, he got up and, and stands behind Joash. And he puts his hand there. And he tells Joash, Joash, a, 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 little, a little taller. You know, put, your, put your bow up. And, 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 and yeah, can, can you see? He, he was standing behind him. And here Elisha is teaching Joash, Joash. When you dare for more, don't dare to fight alone. You need the guidance of somebody who has already been fighting. You need the guidance of of somebody who, who knows how to defeat enemies from a distance. You need the guidance of somebody who is much greater and better than you. Some of us, we think and we feel that we are islands, that we can do things on our own. But I have news for you today. You are not an island. You need the guidance. You need the backing of God. You need him to stand behind you because Elisha, in my opinion, represents God right here. And so when you're about to fight and you're about to engage in in that plan, in, in that mission, in that goal, when you are saying, you know what, Lord, 
I really want this promotion. Make sure that God is standing behind you. And when God is standing behind you, listen to me carefully. When he's standing behind you, he's going to tell you what to say. When he's standing behind you, he's going to tell you what to think. When he's standing behind you, he's going to tell you how you should dress. When he's standing behind you, he's going to tell you how you should navigate the business negotiation. When he's standing behind you, he's going to tell you how you should do it and how you should fight. And so here, Elisha is telling Joash, Joash never fight without God's guidance. And I'm glad that God can guide us. According to the writer of Psalms, he says this, Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. You know, I'm, I'm glad that God is that person. And I, I'm suggesting to you that today you need to pray the prayer of God's guidance for your life. Pastor, what does that prayer look like? It's simple. Lord... Stand behind me, lest I unwind. The enemies are stalking. The, the situation is not working out. But Lord, stand behind me, lest I unwind. And I'm talking to people right here who are unwinding. You, you're, you're breaking at the seams. Things are not working out. But I'm saying to you that today you can ask God, God, please stand behind me and help me not unwind. Help me uh, to fight. Help me to keep pushing. Lord, I dare for more with your help. Please do not leave me alone and help me. And then so uh, Joash is ready to shoot and is ready to fight. And, and, and Elisha says to Joash, open the east window. Now, I, I'm looking at this situation carefully. Joash is about to aim and is about to fight. Elisha has hands on him. I wish I didn't, I, I didn't have a mic in my hand to illustrate a little bit better. But his hands are, are, are held by the prophet. And then he tells the king, open the east window. I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. But he did it. And, 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 the, and, and, the, and then the prophet says to the king, Elisha says to the king, shoot. And he shot. The arrow went out of the east window. I believe that Elisha and Joash were not looking at an army. It was an empty window. Probably it was a field out there. But the arrow went out. But the moment that the arrow was shot, the moment he allowed the arrow to go out of his boat, it was that moment that he started to achieve victory. <laughs> let me bring it to you. Make it, let me make it plain. You see, the moment you act out in faith, over what you have been told in the word of God. The moment you take that action, that action has already been supercharged by the power of God. This is why the prophet says, the arrow of the deliverance of the Lord. The arrow of the victory against the Arameans. Because of that arrow, God took it and he used it for himself. So when you dare for more with God standing behind you and, and, and leading you and moving you along, my brother and sister, you're already at a high level and you're going to succeed where others might be like, no, this person cannot succeed. So Joash is told, the arrows of the victory of the Lord. And there he fought. I'm trying to make this very plain for you to understand and make very, very simple. 
God has given us weapons, and, and, and it seems like I'm talking about Fight Club, but I'm not talking Fight Club. I'm, I'm talking about daring for more. But, uh, you know, Fight Club was so, was so nice. But I want you to understand that God has given us the weapons that we need. The problem with many of us, we don't actually tap into those weapons as we should. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you actually prayed? Right? When was the last time you said, you know what, God, I'm struggling with this situation. I'm struggling with this habit. You know, I'm trying to get my diet right, but I'm going to get on my knees and actually pray because a prayer works. Like how many of you have prayed like that? How many of you have said, you know what, I'm going to fast for a week. I'm about to make a big decision in my life. I'm about to take my family to another place. I'm about to maybe leave my company. I'm about to start a new job. I'm going to spend a whole week and pray. How many of you are like, you know what? I have a court case. I have a challenge right now that I need to do with, and I'm dealing with the government. How many of you are say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to fast three times this week. How many of you say, you know what? I'm going to call up the pastor and ask him to pray for me. Because you see, when we don't utilize the weapons that God has given us, then how can he actually get involved in our fight? So we dare for more. Yes, we want to accomplish things. We want to do things. But because we don't have his power, and, and last time I checked, we are limited. Therefore, we actually don't hit the target as we should. We only, we almost hit it. It almost gets there, but it doesn't get there. And so here, uh, the, 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 the prophet of God is helping Joash understand. Joash, you need to understand that if you are to dare for more, you need to fight with a ranged weapon. If you are to dare for more, you need to fight with God's guidance. If you are to dare for more, you need to understand that the victory is not in you, but the victory comes from God who is with you and in you, by you, in front of you, beside you, above you. <laughs> So, so you see, my brother and sister, this is the beauty of living on Team God. So Joash understands, okay, this is the strategy. This is how I need to fight. And then Elisha says to Joash, Joash, take the arrows and strike the ground. Take the arrows and strike the ground. At first, it was using a bow. To shoot the arrows. But now he says, take the arrows and strike the ground. He used a weapon. He used a bow, a long range weapon. But now God is asking him to use his own physical strength, <laughs> his own physical energy to strike the ground. And there's a difference of verbs here. He said, shoot the arrow. But now he says, strike the ground. There's a difference. The word to shoot is simply let the arrow go in a distance. But the word to strike, <laughs> the word to strike is take the arrow and hit and hit and hit the ground. Put energy into it. Put effort into it. Put your strength into it. Put it in. Put in the effort. Put in the work. Strike the ground. Strike the ground. And I'm so amazed that this man doesn't strike the ground with all of his energy because he only strikes the ground three times. Think about this. God says to, uh, uh, Elisha says to Joash, Joash, because you have shot the arrow of the, of the Lord in verse number 17, you are going to be able to completely destroy your enemies, you're going to completely blow them to smithereens. You're going to shatter them. You're going to put them into powder. And here the prophet says, strike the ground. I want to ask you a question. Somebody says to you, you go to the gym. 
He says, hit this dummy. And, and you're like, why should I hit the dummy? Well, this dummy is your, your worst enemy. This dummy is that person who has been speaking bad against you. This dummy is that, that, that coworker who you don't get along with. This dummy is that person who hates you. You tell me, how, how many times are you going to hit the dummy? If it's me, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do everything. In fact, by the time I'm done, I will have no more energy. But this man, Joash, does not hit his enemy with all of his energy. He hits his enemy cautiously. He hits his enemy carefully. He hits his enemy gingerly. He hits his enemy tiptoeing. He walks on eggshells. And, and I'm so amazed that God, listen to this, God had created a new reality for Joash. But Joash chose to stick in his own reality. God says you're going to destroy your enemies. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna bring things to a different place and, and you're going to be at a different level. God had created a new reality, but Joash was stuck to his own reality, his old reality, his old life. He couldn't see what God was about to do for him. And could it be that God intends to bring us to a new reality but because we are stuck in the old reality we cannot see the new reality God says I'm going to make you debt free but you've been in debt all of your life therefore because you've been in debt all of your life you don't see how you're going to be debt free God says I'm going to forgive you of all your sins and all of your habits and change you and bring you up but because you've always struggled with that habit and you've always struggled with that pornography and you've always struggled with that alcohol and 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 gossip and 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 that discouraged spirit and you've always struggled in that that has always been your reality when God says to you strike the ground you're not ready to strike the ground because you're like Lord is this really gonna happen Lord are you really gonna take me to this particular place I am more comfortable right here this is what I like. This is what I'm used to. This is the, the devil that I know is a devil that I want to stay with. God is saying, no, I want to elevate you. And so here Joash was used to being defeated by the Arameans. He was used to being put down by the Arameans. And when God wants to elevate him, he's not ready to elevate. In fact, he's ready to go down. So God says, Elisha says, strike the ground. Strike it and strike it. You see, when you dare for more, you need to be willing to strike the ground. What is that thing that you need to strike in your life? Uh-huh. What is that thing that God has given you an opportunity to be able to strike that you need to strike with all of your energy and all of your might? Is what, is, what is that one thing that you need to strike with all of your investment? What is that one thing you need to strike with all of your intellect what is the one thing you need to strike with all of your planning you need to say you know what i'm gonna dedicate my whole day for this what is that one thing that god is saying show me how bad you want it show me how bad you want it and i'm gonna show you how bad i can give it to you brother and sister when god has asked you strike you need to strike don't be a coward <laughs> don't be a coward don't be afraid strike what god is asking you to strike Elisha sees that this king is not willing to strike the ground. He only strikes three times. Elisha says, oh, mm -mm -mm, we have a problem here. This is a problem situation. And he says to Joash, 
gets angry at Joash. She says to him in verse number 19, he says, you know, if you had struck the ground four, five or six times, God was going to completely destroy your enemy. If you were willing to do what God asked you to do, you're actually going to be victorious. What you did for, you're going to get. So Joash limited his own victory. Joash got in his own way. Because he was not willing to go the extra mile. He was not willing to practice and exercise faith. Jesus got mad at the disciples on the sea, on the boat. He says, all ye of little faith. All ye of little faith. I am in the boat. I have created a new reality for you. But instead of you living in the new reality I've created for you, you are still worried that you're going to drown. And so I want you to understand that when we don't act or live by faith, we make a God of the possible become a God of the impossible. We make a God who can do anything and everything be a God who can do nothing. We make a God who is able to take away discouragement and debt and disease become a God who cannot do those things. Because when we don't act from the place of faith, we cannot actually please God. There is nothing that ticks God off more than a person who is not willing, who is not daring to faith. Who is not willing to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do because you have asked me to do this thing. Now you might say to me, Pastor, listen, this king... Follow the directions of the prophet. Because the prophet said, strike the ground. Are you with me? Strike the ground. And the king, sure enough, he struck the ground. It was three times, yes. So why is the prophet getting mad? You see, the, the reason why the prophet got mad is because the king was not willing to elevate his mind into the faith element. Because God had said before, uh, the, the prophet had said before telling him to strike the ground, he said, you are going to completely destroy your enemies. Now think about that statement at the end of verse number 17. You're going to completely strike your enemies. Now if Joash really thought about that and he paused on that, he'd have realized, oh my goodness, this is my opportunity to do something great that I've never done before. I should not live, oh, I'm getting, I'm, get, I'm getting somewhere with this. I should not live my life based upon the reality that I'm used to. I need to live my life based upon the word that I've heard. I need to live my life based upon the word that I have heard. The prophet has told me that I'm going to completely destroy my enemies. And because I have heard that word, I'm going to allow that word to propel me into a new experience. So you need to learn how to live by the word that you have heard. Because the word that you have heard is God's gift to you, giving you a new reality. Are you understand what I'm saying? You see, when you have faith, you begin to understand that it is not my reality that counts. It is the reality of God that matters and makes sense. Now, you see, many of us are living in the reality of COVID-19. 
We can't see COVID-19. Guna, I know you can't see it. Elder Ray, I know you can't see it. Mark, I know you can't see it. But because we know that even though we can't see it, COVID-19 is real, you know what we do? We wash our hands. Mm -hmm. We social distance. We wear PPEs because we know that the COVID-19, though unseen, is real. You see, faith should catapult us into a similar experience. You can't see where the money's going to come from, but your God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Therefore, you're going to walk like you got all the money in the bank. Hallelujah, somebody. Therefore, you're going to walk like you're going to pay for that tuition. Therefore, you're going to walk like you're going to pay your bills at the end of the month. Therefore, you're going to walk like you're going to pay for your medical bills because your God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Because you don't live by your reality, but you live by the word you have heard. And if God says, I will provide for all your needs in Christ, according to his riches in glory. <laughs> Man, I'm going to glorify in what God can give me. If God is telling me that if you confess your sins and, 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 and you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Then you know what I will do? I will confess my sins. I'll say, you know what, Lord, I lied. Yes, you know, Lord, I cheated. Yes, I did it. I will confess what is on my heart. Yes, Lord, you know, I looked at it again. Yes, Lord, you know, I ate it again. But I will get up for my prayer and live as if I never did it. Even though I feel as if I did it. Because the word that I've heard changes me from my old reality from my bad reality from my evil reality to a better reality to a good reality to a new reality and therefore the faith that i live by is not based upon my own intellect and my own making is based upon what god is telling me for faith cometh not except by hearing the word of god It's a sad, a tragic story we are talking about today because this man, because he did not dare to faith, he didn't achieve what the faithful achieve. He didn't achieve his victory. You see, he missed his moment. You see, there are some things that only come at a specific moment. You know, you can reschedule an appointment but you can't reschedule a moment. This is why you and I, we, we, we want to take pictures. We want to take pictures of the first time we shot a basketball. We want to take pictures of the first time that we went to our favorite place. We want to take pictures of our graduation. We want to take pictures of the highlights of our moment. Because we understand that once a moment passes, it is gone. And that's why we feel sad and we sigh and we cry when we have missed a moment. Joash missed his moment. God said strike and strike and strike, but he missed his moment. His appointment by God ended up in disappointment from God. Because God says, I want to do something for this brother. I want to help him, but he's not willing to take the moment and utilize it. And I wonder what moments has God created for you and for your life that you are letting slip by. I wonder what moments is God giving you to do better, to be better, that you're allowing to slip by. 
I wonder what moments God is giving you to say I'm sorry and, and to change the situation that you're allowing yourself to, to slip by. You see, when you have faith, you grasp the moment and you say, you know what? I'm not going to let this moment pass by. I'm going to do what I need to do and get out of this situation what God has intended for me to get. What God has given you for this year in 2020 is not going to come back again in, 29, in 2021. If God has told you, this is a year that I want to promote you. This is a year that I want to give you uh, what you need to have. This is the year that I want to elevate you to a high position. If you allow this year to pass by, you're going to look back and say, you know what? I should have, could have, would have, but I didn't. Brother and sister, help me. Let me help you to understand the moment. The moment that God has given you, I don't know what moments God is giving you in your life today, but make sure that you grab the moment because those who dare for more learn to utilize the moment and they say, you know what, this moment, I ain't going to let it go by and I'm going to allow this moment to bless me the way God has intended it to bless me. Joash missed his moment. But here's what I understood. See, the faith that you put in determines the outcome that God gives you. You know, he put in a three-strike faith. Three-strike faith. But he got, and he got a three-strike victory. God intended complete victory, but he got partial victory. The amount of faith that you put in, the amount of effort that you put in will determine the outcome that you're going to get out. And so today when I'm telling you dare to faith, I'm saying to you, put in the faith work. Because faith without works is dead. If your faith is not working, then you are dead. And so today is the day I'm challenging you. Dare to faith. Dare to faith. What is it that you need to dare more in right now? What is that one thing that you need to say, you know what, Lord, mm, today is that day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally apply. I'm going to finally ask for it. I'm finally going to take the move today because I dare to faith based upon the word that I have heard. I want to dare you. I'll be making a couple of dares throughout the series. I want to dare you to, to, to certain things throughout the series. But today I want to dare you to one promise of God. One promise of God that God has told you from his word. And you will say to me, and you make, I dare you, and, and we'll live by this this week, but just to say what? You know what, Lord? I'm going to live by this. I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna be moved by this. I'm going to be motivated by this. This is going to catapult me into the place I need to go. For me, this week, I'm telling God, there hath no temptation taken me, but God is faithful. Who will not allow me to be tempted above that which I'm able? You know, that's my prayer this week. I don't know what it is for you. You know what I mean? But take a promise of God and live by this promise and allow it to catapult you to the place that you need to be at. Dare to faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And we appreciate everything you do. Your love, your care. It is beyond our own imagination. And today, Father, we are asking you to help us to dare to faith. There are things we need to strike. There are things we need to get rid of. There are things we need to do. But Father, we need your help and your guidance and your leading. Thank you, Father, for your kindness. Thank you for your love because you're going to bring us to the place that we need to go. Father, you are kind, you're awesome, and you're lovely. And for that, we thank you. Bless us, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen.